0: 2022. And we're going to be discussing real estate. Look, real estate is a big problem because rents are unaffordable, but so are houses and so is mortgage financing. So what are you supposed to do in this environment when so many people are sick of living with their parents and are ready to move out and start their lives? Well, there are a lot of things that we can rethink and ways that we can rethink and even case studies that I can talk to you about. So this is an important webinar. Before you buy, before you sell, all of these things, you should be thinking in different terms than just rent's expensive, so I'm going to buy something. I can work from home. I can live in Modesto. There are more things to consider. And we're going to go through 10 essential Uh, Online items that you really want to ask yourself and get, get right before you act on real estate. Of course, a real estate broker salesman is going to tell you whatever it is that's going to lead to the sale because they are commission-based salesmen, but you're stuck with the home. And again, with 75%, three quarters of new homeowners are, you know, ruining that they bought. So this is a problem. There are solutions, and we'll get started momentarily. All right, so let's get started. First off, I think it's really important for you to read some of these recent statistics so that I've just been quoting. And the best way for you to get them is to simply go to nataliepace.com forward slash blog. And it's the second blog there, or if you just uh, do a search for homeowners, you'll get it if you can't find it send an email to info at nataliepace.com again info at nataliepace.com so all of the statistics are that you really want to know about are here it's really important to have this kind of forum where we're offering you unbiased information A lot of even the economists, especially you kind of have to know what organization they're tied to, because I'm seeing some, you know, that they will put in data that will still make you want to buy a house rather than, you know, these 11 things I'm going to tell you you need to do before you buy a house. Okay, Um, so be very, very careful because you can cherry pick data to make things sound really great or really bad. What we've tried to do is to try is to offer what's really happening and what's likely to happen next year and the year after that. And the steps and the, the checklist that you need to go through in order to make sure that you are not one of the people, 75% of new homeowners are having buyer's remorse, 75%. That's the highest I've seen in my lifetime. So what that's telling you is that things are more expensive when they're going through the process. Maybe it's the maintenance, the upkeep, the property taxes, then they they have factored in. Um, You know, because you hear these statistics, like 50% of your income of 25 to 40 year olds is going for rent, but uh, 50%, half, up to half and 23% for a mortgage. But are they factoring in property taxes, maintenance, and all these other things that go along with it? Home insurance, like if you um, happen to buy something in Florida, you know, flood insurance, hurricane insurance, all these things in California, earthquake insurance. So all of these things can really add up. And is your home really that much less than what you would be renting? And are there solutions? I know that a lot of people ages 25 to 40 are sick of living with their parents and they do want their own place. And now at the same time, you know, with uh, college loan debt and yeah, housing, do they have enough left for food? So we're gonna go through some of the things and some of the case studies, real life situations, how people are making this work, okay? All right, so uh, we're gonna start off with, again, some of these statistics that you have on top of mind and they're included in um, this important blog. And again, info at nataliepace.com if you want to link to it. So, seventy-five percent of new homeowners are regretting their purchase. The reasons have to do with, you know, the the maintenance, the upkeep, the remodel costs were more than they anticipated. Also, home sales have been dropping. Uh, the home sales dropped twenty percent year over year in July. It's close to a twenty-year low. And even median home prices are dropping as well. Now, the high was in June of 416000 In July, it had dropped to $403,800. Now, the reason I say this is that I've been seeing statistics from economists of the National Association of Realtors where they're telling you how much price appreciation year over year, and they're not telling you that the prices are starting to abate. And they're especially not telling you that the, the plunge is happening more severely in the places that have run up the most, Modesto, Utah, Boise, Idaho, those kinds of places. So it's really important for you to be factoring in these 11 uh, case studies, case points that I'm going to talk about in just a moment. And not just go by, oh yeah, you should buy and not rent. And look at prices are up 20% year over year. Because that doesn't happen all the time. And when prices drop, the the cycles can be longer. So just as a reminder, the most recent one, 2006 was the high. 2011 was the low. And then 2015 to get back to 2006 um, highs again. So it was a 10-year you know, very long, long meandering way back up. So buying high in real estate can be a decade long disaster. And um, that's one of the things that you do wanna consider is not just interest rates, but also are you buying the home above what the market can really bear? When it's unaffordable and it's at an all time high, that's an indicator that now is not a great time to buy. If you happen to find a market where that's not the case, then it could be. Um, Maybe there was a recent one of the four D's, death, divorce, depression, or disaster. Um, Also, you might shop in the shadow inventory and get a 30% discount. That might be helpful too. All right. So um, back to, uh, you know, I just told you the four D's, but I think these are important to remember death, depression, divorce, disaster. So whenever we see any of these things happen, that's when buyers get um, desperate and prices have to go down. So anybody that wants to sell right now while the buyers are drying up, both from higher interest rates and also people aren't qualifying as much, anyone who has to sell right now may have to lower the price. Now, if it's still at an all-time high and they lower it by 10%, that may still be very, very high. So that's not the only consideration that you should be doing. In fact, we have 11 things that I want you to consider. I'm gonna go through the list and give you a, uh, the list first, and then I'll give you a little bit of color on each point. But the most important thing is that you can get all of this information in the real estate section of the ABCs of Money, I think that the ebook is under five dollars. So again, just make sure that you're getting the most recent copy of the ABCs of Money. Go to nataliepace.com, click on the book cover there, and that's going to take you to the most recent copy, which is a fifth edition. There's a lot. I think there's at least eight. There might be ten case studies there of real estate, real world case studies. As you know, I do a lot of second opinions, so. We didn't reveal who these people are, but we did talk about various things that come up and how people have navigated it and who made out best by doing um always thinking outside the box. Okay, so number one, the this is a bible of real estate ownership, especially your um your own house. If we're talking about income property, we have to look at it like a business. We have to look at that slightly different. By the way, we're going to look at both of these topics in the Real Estate Masterclass in October. So go to NataliePace.com if that's something you're interested in. Um, So number one is buy what you can afford. So, you know, right now it's really unaffordable when you consider how high prices are. And now that the mortgage rates have made 50% higher than they were just a few months ago. So this is unaffordable. So buying what you can afford may be very difficult right now. Number two, a 10-year horizon minimum. So that means not only you're going to want to hold it for 10 years, but that you should be able to say, okay, I am 40 today. I'm going to be 50 in 10 years. All my kids are going to be in college. At that point, am I still going to want to live here or not? Or I'm 60 today. In 10 years, I'll be 70. Do I still want to live here? Or I'm 30 today. In 10 years, I'll be 40, and maybe I'll be having kids. Is this place big enough, or would I want to upside? Now, yes, you may be able to move up or downsize when you need to, but because you're buying at an all-time high, you could also get stuck. If real estate prices fall below your mortgage, that means your options dry up and you're stuck there. And then you better pray and hope that it, you bought something that you can afford and that you really like it. So one and two is buy what you can afford. Number two, 10 year horizon. So cast your vision out 10 years from now. What am I going to be doing in 10 years? Who's going to be relying on me? Do I want to upsize? Will I want to downsize? Will I still want to live here? All of these things. Number three, sanctuary. You know, like if you are moving to the boonies because that's the only thing you can afford and you're going to hate it there, then it's going to be a problem because you might have weight gain, you might have health issues, you're definitely going to have mental health issues. So remember that your home is your sanctuary and every soul, this is number four, has her own geography. And patient buyers and opportunistic sellers are really what can get you into exactly what you want to get into better than just saying, I got to do this because I'm, I'm," you know, like fear, anxiety, all of these other things that drive you into doing something without going through that 11 point checklist. Okay, so we're at number five, think about your commute because not only is this adding time, boy, the cost of gasoline really, you know, sobers people up when they have a long commute. Now with today's world and working from home, which is another thing that you can consider, um, you know, maybe you don't have to commute, but if you're living out in the boonies, do you have to commute a long distance just to buy milk? So think about all of these things. Think about climate concerns, not only, you know, like, oh my goodness, uh, is my place going to flood or you know, am I in a floodplain? Am I is am I in a drought area? Am I going to have water in ten years? All of those things, but also, are you are you increasing your own CO two footprint by moving out in the boonies? The average city dweller has a much lower uh, CO two footprint than the suburbanite that has to drive just to get milk. Intergenerational housing is higher today than it's ever been, and I know. If you're 25 to 40, you are sick of living with your parents. I want to give you one thing that happened, uh, and this is someone I know, and I love this story so much. So this is a, a very successful businesswoman, and her son was getting ready to have kids and had just gotten married, and what she did is she gave them the house to live in, And she downsized, she still has the big job, the fancy, uh, everything fancy, all of that. But she said, you know what, they need this house and these bedrooms more than I do right now. And so she switched it. I've seen other people when they're getting ready to downsize rather than selling, they rent out their place. And that, especially if they've just entered retirement, The whatever pension or 401k income they've got plus the rent, they could be at the same lifestyle. Most people, when they retire, have to really cut costs. And unless you have your home paid off, you might end up having to sell it and downsize. But there are other ways of thinking of this. So, again, there are about eight case studies at minimum in the ABCs of money real estate section. So, I do want you to check that out. Also, you want to think about supply and, of course, interest rates. Now, yes. Interest rates are going up right now. They're expected to go up in 2022. They're expected to go up in 2023. They're expected to start coming down in 2024. And the longer run is far below where it is right now. So you could think that, look, nothing is locked in stone, but if we hit a recession and if we finally tamed inflation, they're gonna wanna cut the interest rates again. So even though you may have to get an arm for a few years, you may be in a good position to get a fixed and lock in a fixed in a few years as well. I'm not suggesting that you should buy right now. Honestly, I think that you should be trying to think more when we talk about intergenerational housing in that case study that I just gave you. I think one of the things that we really need to do is to think about our family as an extended family like that that family did where the parents are looking out for the kids and thinking well maybe I am ready to for the kids to have this and should I move should I do an ADU an additional dwelling unit in the in the back and create that for myself or is that encroaching too much on them you know so we want to think about this and keep the money in the family because if the family has a lot of renters we're making the landlord rich. If we can figure out as a family how to solve these housing issues, everybody wins because the money gets kept in the family. All right, so the last thing I'm gonna tell you is that we wanna be sure that we're adopting the three ingredient recipe for cooking up profits whenever we invest in anything and a home is an investment. One, Start with what you know and love don't buy a house that you hate in a city that's far that's just not your not your people not your place. Number two is pick the leader now sometimes you can create the leader, you might see a place it's run down and say I love this city I love this area, and I can make this great. And then number three is buy low, sell high, not buy high, hoping to keep, you know, that it keeps just going to the moon. So now, again, with real estate, if you bought low, if you have bought low, then you might want to think about keeping it in the family and doing that case study that I just told you about. So, again, real estate and housing is a problem, whether you're a renter, a homeowner, a recent homeowner or a would-be homeowner. But the real solutions are not what you're going to find by thinking the way everybody else is thinking clearly because we see that too many people have buyer's remorse. And a lot of them are getting their facts from broker salesmen and not realizing that. So it's really important for you to go through this 11 steps and to think creatively and to learn about shadow inventory and to learn about the four Ds and um, to think about where you can live, work from home or how you can get together with your family. And as a family, stop making the landlord rich and keep more money in the family. All right, Um, there's a couple of questions that came in for us that I promised I would answer. These are not related to real estate, but let me go ahead and pull them up. Here's the first one. The first one is uh, this person is so excited to interact with the market. She has started investing finally. She's, uh, you know, we talked about it and she was really sorry she hadn't done this sooner. She's impatient. She was watching her portfolio go up and down with the market. She feels like she only has a few hundred dollars and that she could be more actively trading. So this is what I would say. Number one, with regard to the nest egg, right? What I do, and it's, uh, Sierra, I want you to pay a little more attention to this part because I know you're attending the retreat in October. Remember, we can use limit orders to help us to rebalance. So even though I'm saying three times, one to three times a year and not to obsess, you should not be obsessed. I want you to be obsessed about putting more money into those tax-protected retirement accounts rather than just watching prices go up and down, okay? But with the limit orders, then it can capture some gains for you. So we got you, you got to pay a little bit more attention to that. Now, also, what some people will do is that they'll go ahead and purchase private coaching so that I can take you into that limit order process a little more deeply. But the bottom line here is that you don't want to be so focused on these little incremental gains that you're missing the big picture. So the big picture is 10% into the account. That's going to beef up the amount that you have to uh, play with. That's going to make your pie chart. Every time that you are rebalancing, you're supposed to take things off the brokerage statement and put them into your pie chart. There are many reasons for that. The first reason is that you have to put in your savings and that's not in the brokerage account. The second reason is that the brokerage account itself actually is prompting you to do the opposite of what you should be doing. On when it's green, often now you want to capture gains, but a lot of people are thinking, go, go, go. I can just go forever. And when it's a minus sign, it's um, they're thinking, oh no, I should stop. I should have a stop loss. I should sell. So pulling it off of that takes the emotions out of it and prompts you to do the right thing. Because if you look at your pie chart, the slice is too small. It's saying buy low. If the slice is too big, it's saying sell high. So by being a little bit more religious about keeping that 10% deposit going in, Also, always put it into pie chart format instead of working off your brokerage statement and allow that to help you. And then thirdly, use the limit orders more strategically. So again, pay attention when we talk about limit orders in the next retreat. Now, the second question was interesting because I had sent out saying that Jamie Dimon was saying that we're gonna have a recession. And this person who I know says the fact you put an ounce of credibility into what Jamie Dimon says when he is artificially suppressing gold prices, true, and we've already been in a recession for a long time, false, is astonishing, it hurts your credibility. So what I see when I read this, first of all, Lily, is I see a lot of pain there and I see that you are listening to somebody who's giving you false information so um and probably that you bet on gold too much so what i'd like to say is this is that the pie chart system works it earned gains in the in the recessions it's outperformed the bull markets in between We are not, we are probably now in a recession, but we have not been in a long time. In fact, we've been in a bull, a secular bull market for a long time since 2009. The pandemic recession was the shortest in history. It was only 90 days. Yes, we printed up $5 trillion. So we do have a debt problem. So what's happening here is that I believe just based on that email that you were sold into gold by someone scaring the heck out of you, saying we were in recessions, and then telling you that Jamie Dimon is suppressing the gold prices, and that's why it hasn't gone anywhere. That's not the entire reason. Cryptocurrency has also been a reason why gold hasn't been as astonishing as it has been, but also gold tends to go down in the early days of a recession. It happened in the Great Recession, and it happened in the dot-com recession. So It does have a nice run-up afterwards, however. So Lily, um, what I would say to you is that, um, you know, my track record speaks for itself. Um, I do not place credibility in Jamie Dimon. I actually sent out that as a headline because that's what he said. If you wanna see what I say, then, you know, we've got youtube.com forward slash Natalie Pace with all of my video conferences, Apple podcasts with all the podcasts. I've got a million blogs and four books, and it definitely is not Jamie Dimon says in anything of them. So um, one last thing is I do want to say is that, you know, a lot of people are, there's just so much financial noise out there, but these are systems that works and it's not financial noise. It's easy as a pie chart. And It's enthusiastically recommended by Nobel Prize winning economist, Gary Becker, TD Ameritrade chairman, Joe Moglia, and over 120,000 people have transformed their lives using our strategies, whether they read the book or came to a retreat. So they're time proven strategies. And if you learned them, but haven't implemented them, and you've been listening to noise, or you've been listening to misleading, look, people out there, there's a lot of marketing that goes on in the name of analysis. So these great marketers will scare the heck out of you and then say, this is the one and only thing that's gonna work. And they sell that to you. And then when it doesn't work, they sell you more stuff. And this is why that didn't work. And now this is gonna work. So what I will say is that, you know, our strategy does allow you to invest in gold, but as a hot slice, not the whole banana. And again, you know, if you're doing the pie chart system and gold goes down, you buy more at a low price, gold goes up, you sell high. And that has happened over the last 12 years. We have seen gold run up. We have seen gold miners run up and then go down. So that rebalancing helps us to capture gains. All right. Uh, remember, if you would like your questions answered, you can always email them to us. Info at Uh, You can also call us at 310-430-2397. I appreciate you. Share this with anybody who wants to buy a house. They can watch it back very easily. Let me show you how easy it is to stay in touch. So simply go to Nataliepace.com and what you'll see there is click and you can get to my Apple podcast. This Apple podcast will be the first one up there momentarily. We did one yesterday about China. You could also click right beneath that to go to my YouTube channel. And again, this is going to be there within an hour. So you'll be able to do that. Also, I do recommend that you follow me on social because I'm not going to send out an email every single time that we have a money tip, but If you go and look, if you're not on Twitter, just go to nataliepace.com and scroll through the Twitter feed, right? And if you're interested in, you know, more of like what I do and what I take pictures of, go to Instagram. And again, all my social is right there under my name. Please uh, follow there. We'd love to have you. And again, remember that we're all in this together. Um, I study a lot. I talk to a lot of people. Uh, I don't talk to Jamie Dimon. He's not one of my brain trusts, but I do have a lot of bankers who are. And, um, you know, I'm sadly love reading Fed Reserve minutes and attending these economic conferences and staying on top of this for you. And we do have 20% overweight safe because it is very likely that we are hitting a recession this year if we're not already in it. So um, if you have not rebalanced your nest egg, or if you do not know what you have and you have a lot in it, now is the time when you have to know what you own. Whether you attend our October retreat or get a second opinion from me through our coaching program, now is the time if you wait for the headlines that we're in a recession, it's too late to protect yourself. All right, thanks again for joining me. Reach out if you have any questions at all. We may have a blog that already addresses it or another video conference that addresses it. Heather can send you a link. Thanks again. Have a lovely evening and a wonderful summer.